Welcome to Women and Manufacturing, where accomplished women interview accomplished women, with your host, Jennifer McNelly. Welcome to Women and Manufacturing Radio. I'm Jennifer McNelly, President of 180 Skills and the host for today's show. For those of you that are listening, please join us on Twitter at hashtag women and MFG. As you know, women represent a vast talent pool and, frankly, an untapped resource in manufacturing. We have a huge opportunity to share the stories of women leaders in manufacturing today to inspire the next generation of women leaders. To that end, I am honored to be joined today by Leslie Sufredini. Leslie's the operations manager for the Cleveland operations of Arconic Engineered Structures. Leslie, thanks so much for joining us here today. Well, thank you for having me, Jennifer. I'm really excited to be here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. I'm ready to get rolling. So, Leslie, before we dig into today's questions, um, why don't you share with our listeners, really, what's your job and function with Arconic? And equally on that front, people may not know who Arconic is because that's a bit of a new brand in the marketplace, right? It is. So Arconic has really been around uh, for over 125 years as part of Alcoa, and um, a little over a year ago, um, Arconic became um, a new company really focusing on multi-materials solutions for a wide variety of applications from aerospace to transportation and and industrial applications. And so the the plant where I work is in Cleveland, Ohio, um, and I'm the operations manager there for um, our site has over 700 people. Um, and we particularly focus on um, aluminum and titanium forged parts that go into aerospace and uh, transportation applications. Aerospace and transportation, those people that make yes. things move. We so make things be, move. You make things move. There we go. <laughs> um, so in that, there's you know new brand in the market and an old legacy of success for industry. And as an operations manager, from your perspective, talk to me a little bit about what you see as the greatest challenges manufacturers are facing in today's global economy. Yeah, so I, I think the perspective um, I have from the Cleveland, Ohio area is our facility just celebrated our 100 years last year, uh, which is a huge legacy and a wonderful thing, and, and we want that to continue for the next 100 years. And part of that is really the cornerstone is our people, and it's all about people. Um, and so that, I think, is the greatest challenge um, for global manufacturing as well, is retaining and, and hiring top talent. Um, and it goes all the way from our associates on the shop floor uh, to our engineering staff and, and, and everyone else in, in between. And so um, how do we provide a exciting place to work for our employees, um, allowing them to add value that we need to grow and develop um, and add value to the marketplace and retaining them so that they want to stay with us for a while. Um, and, you know, it, there's a lot of articles and discussion out there in the media about how do you retain talent and, and how do you train talent in the marketplace? Because as we're looking at driving to industry 4.0, uh, it is a wonderful transformation, uh, but it takes people who are creative and curious um, and want to learn because we're changing how people are doing work every day. And it's a fast and rapid growth and change, which is exciting, but we have to ensure that our people are driving that along the way. That's outstanding. You know, I have, clearly have a passion for the people in this industry and the people that make things. And 
I do think the rapid pace of change poses a whole different set of challenges and opportunities. You know, the one constant is change, you know. Yes, and, 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 and that's hard. Um, and it's how do you engage the teams to want to learn more and to see the vision of where we're headed and see it's their part in that that really is transformative for the business. Yeah, and I, and I do think, and I'm probably partial to this now, leading an online manufacturing education company, we have to think about how we how we train them very different in today's world because of that. So, and I think great manufacturers like Arconic are constantly thinking about the power of those that are in the forefront and the front lines. And and training can take many different ways. Um, and hands-on learning, training, being there with things that are that are changing is really one of the one of the key ways that we can do that. Yeah, shoulder to shoulder, learning from those that are doing every day. That's excellent. Absolutely. So, so I'm curious. Um, I want I want to take you back in time, and the early years, and how you ended up with Arconic. We'll weave our way to that. But did you have a favorite subject when you were in school? Yeah. So I um, I loved math and science, um, and and I think I loved them both for um, I love working with my hands and doing things, but I love solving puzzles, and. I had lots of jigsaw puzzles and all sorts of things when I was growing up because I thought of math as that great puzzle that you just have to unwrap and solve. Um, and then when that linked into science, I could solve those puzzles and figure that out and, and, and do it hands-on, whether it was um, experiments in physics class or chemistry, um, and really thought that that, that was where I wanted to to kind of take my, my career. And I had some really uh, phenomenal teachers and people along the way who encouraged me in that and encouraged me to continue. And I think through the challenging years of middle school um, when not everyone else liked what I liked and, you know, not everyone else enjoyed science and math as I did and to help keep uh, encouraging me through those times that this is a wonderful subject and something that you can take through your career. So, you know, it's my high school chemistry teacher was the one who actually got me started thinking about that career in STEM and that career in engineering. And so I, you know, I give her a lot of credit for opening my eyes to something that I probably would not have thought of otherwise. No. Early games. I was a big fan of the games magazine when I was young. I don't know if you ever oh, saw yeah. that, but I did. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Same <laughs> concept of, Ooh, how do you, what is the picture? How do you take this apart? How do you, you know, where is it trying to, what problem is it trying to solve? Um, yeah. That's, and I think having people around you supporting you, you know, middle school's tough. <laughs> and, and to use your point, I, yeah. And if you, if you want to be smart and you got to overcome that and having people around you and teachers that inspire you is important. I'm curious, um, and I had a math teacher as well, and I've shared this before. His name was Mr. Hard, and I always thought that was funny because, you know, he told me I was good at math, and because someone named Mr. Hard told me I was good at math, I never questioned it. <laughs> you know, gave me a confidence that might have otherwise kicked me out of of a, of a technical world. So yeah. I, I'm curious if you ever got a chance to thank your teacher. Um, I I did go back and thank my chemistry teacher, you know, as I was going into into college, 
because um, she also helped me get my first internship. And so it was, you know, what a she really set that that path for me that I just didn't even know was there. I wasn't even sure what I wanted to do. And she helped say, hey, you're, you know, these are things you're really good at or, and you're interested in. Have you ever thought of, you know, going into engineering? And I was like, what is an engineer? I didn't even know. <laughs> You know, and and I think the the students of today, I think we, you know, we're doing a lot more to help see that what is an engineer, what do engineers do, and and the value that that can bring to to both the industry and to the the people walking in. It it has a lot of um, you can drive a passion for what you're doing through those technical degrees. Yeah, that's important understanding engineering i often think about it and certainly in a manufacturing space as you know part of solving the world's global challenges in any way shape or form it's a manufacturing challenge it's an engineering challenge so yeah it's being like a able big to puzzle, see that right yeah you're right we're yeah. back to the puzzles <laughs> we're back to the puzzle it's a big puzzle and and um it it takes you know, communication and creativity to find solutions for those problems. And it's usually the most creative, innovative solutions that drive major change. You know, the iPhone or any other disruptive technology came from a creative mind who took that background in math and science and and drove it in a different direction to change how we live our lives. Well, that's a good, a very insightful observation to a woman leading change in the world. So, Broadly to engineering, how did you decide to go into manufacturing? So um, my high school chemistry teacher, she she got me on the path to a local uh, manufacturing facility uh, in my hometown, um, and I got a job as an intern. Um, at that point, I knew kind of where I wanted to go to school, and so I um, started my first year of college at the Colorado School of Mines, and I came back home for summer and um, started working there, and I worked there for two years. Uh, during my summer, and and I got the bug. Uh, I really enjoyed making something. Um, I enjoyed working with the people who were interacting and and running the processes, and and it was a constant hum, I think, of activity and really a challenging environment in terms of of driving change and making making products and making products better that I really enjoyed. And so from there, that's that's where I took my career. Um, I have a degree in, in material science and engineering, and I focused that really in the manufacturing regime ever since. So, Leslie, tell me what attracted you to Arconic then. So what attracted me to Arconic was really around uh, the products and the processes that Arconic makes and just such a wide variety. And when I went and, and interviewed at the Cleveland facility and saw the – 50,000 ton press and the forgings that were made um, at that iconic press line, um, I fell in love. I really loved being able to make those parts. And so that's what brought me to Arconic. Uh, but what's really kept me at, at Arconic is, is the people. Um, I've worked with some of the best people in the industry, um, in the Arconic family, and, and I also have the opportunity to grow and develop. Um, and so I've been able to take on interesting roles and challenging roles and, and doing different things in my career um, over the last 15 years that I've been in Arconic, and, and that's why I stay. We haven't talked a lot on my episodes about the growth and development and investment. What does that look like 
for you as a woman in industry because, you know, the data would tell you, you know, we may be in for a couple of years and then we get lost. Life happens and we we often leave manufacturing. So do you mind sharing a little bit about what growth and development for you as an individual leader in a company, what does that mean? Yeah, so I, you know, I guess just using my own, you know, history as kind of that guide. I I started out um, as an as an engineer. I uh, su- supported our shop floor manufacturing, um, and really enjoyed and loved that. And I and for me, I wanted to lead projects, um, and I wanted to do different things. So I had a product line that I supported, but I wanted to learn about the other product lines, and I wanted I wanted to get involved in those as well. And for me, it was asking for those challenges. I asked my boss, hey, I want to do this. Can I help my colleague over here because I really want to learn what she's doing or I want to understand the products that he's working on. Can I can I help? And I didn't just sit and, at, and wait for things to be given to me. I, wa- I went out there and asked for it and tried to understand and get involved. And I think that that was really important to kind of highlight those leadership skills at the very beginning, that I wanted to, to uh, do more and get involved in, in the projects and lead people. And so when I had that opportunity to do that, um, again, I just took it and ran with it. And understanding then those processes that those people were doing and getting more engaged in how they were solving problems and, and helping them out, I started to really get the bug of leading people. So through that time, I thought I was a metallurgist, and that was my calling in life, right, was to be an engineer. And um, through those times of initial leadership of leading engineers, I realized, you know, I really enjoy seeing the engineers succeed and get a kick out of it and learning something that they've never done before. And to um, see them walk through those processes and encouraging them along the way, um, I really loved. And so... That's how I just continued in developing that, and, and Arconic gave me the opportunities to grow and do that. And now you lead a whole group of people. How does what you've learned influence how you lead? So I think, um, you know, it, I never thought I would lead in operations until I finally kind of had it walk into me. Um, and when I was at um, – the Women in, in Manufacturing Step Awards, I, I got to meet some amazing women who kind of inspired me to try something different. And so um, I decided to take the leap into operations from the technical management role. Um, and so what I take from that is I understand the business processes and all the connections of all the people, but what I learned is how to encourage and engage a team and how to lead an initiative through the through through the company and through my organization so that everyone feels like they're a part of the team and is driving and winning together. They're lucky to have you in operations. Not all not all technical people can make that leap and you often hear that about no offense to engineers, all the engineers out there, we love you. <laughs> but sometimes you're in a world of your own. <laughs> yeah. No, it's it it's hard. It it for me I knew it was about people before I got in it. Right, it, it, I had had that transformation time of enjoying leading people, and that that was what I got a kick out of. And so now I really enjoy leading people to solve problems, um, and working with their team members on the shop floor and driving to a goal and winning and winning together. It's a lot of fun. 
I like that winning together. We yeah, we don't succeed on our own. It really does take no. a team. It takes a it, it takes a team and we're all we're all a piece of that and and when we don't all connect you know, that's when we don't win. And so trying to get everyone to connect and, and to drive together um, is really powerful. And, and, and to see people who haven't felt that winning spirit in a while and getting them engaged and seeing that is, is thrilling. It's exciting. That's excellent. So you clearly had um, influences in your early years. Um, did you have a particular role model when you were a kid? So I think... I think for me, it's really started with my parents, my mom and my dad, um, and what they left for me was um, really a sense of I can do anything I want to do. Um, they let me dream big, and they never said no to the crazy dreams I had when I was growing up. Right? I wanted to be an astronaut, and I thought that would be the coolest thing ever. And you know, seeing Sally Ride get on the space shuttle, you know. Um, I thought, well, I can do that too. And my parents encouraged me in that way. They didn't say, oh, my gosh, no, Leslie, you can't be an astronaut because you get motion sickness and, you know, can't ride in a car without getting sick. So why do you think you're going to go up into space, right? They didn't do that. They said, absolutely, let's, let's go for it. Here's what it takes. And so that was, that was great. It allowed me to really dream big and to see the world as a big, open place where I could do what I wanted. And so – they left that with me, and then so thankful that that they did, because then I knew I could do anything. It's important, I think that, and I hear that a lot. It's, I can remember the point at time as an adult when I went back and thanked my mom for helping me be strong. You know, the yeah. early influences and how parents inspire you, and how family members inspire you, and the opportunities that that creates in the person that you become are really, really powerful. And I love the dream big. And I, I'm just curious, do you really have motion sickness or was that I just do, an example? I do, actually, yes. It's like a family joke, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that would have been one heck of an astronaut, Leslie. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but, you know, God bless, God bless your parents for not not saying, hey, you can't do anything you want, let's figure it out. So yeah, on well, that front, I think it just it just helped me understand that it you know we all have limitations to things but by dreaming big you know that that you can overcome obstacles right cuz they always come at you but that you can overcome if you have that vision and you know what you want to do and and for me I didn't get to be the astronaut right but I do work in a business where we produce parts for aerospace and space applications and so at the end of the day I still have a part to play um in that dream I had and then, you know, build parts for airplanes and rockets and space shuttles. And so that was that was kind of still got to have part of that dream succeed. Yeah, in a very different way. That's wonderful. Yeah. So what do you do to inspire and engage others? So I do a few things and, and uh, you know, really trying to, to do more. But I, I work a lot with elementary and middle school girls and boys, um, through scouts and some other uh, STEM education programs to really give them an opportunity to meet with people that maybe they would have never talked to before, um, to learn about different uh, career opportunities they never would have, and and to give them a hands-on op opportunity to try stuff out and experience it. Um, and, you know, it makes such a difference to put your hands on it and play with it a little bit. 
Um, but the other thing I learned from uh, the step uh, ahead process was to tell my story. Um, and, you know, I didn't really believe that at first, but I kind of took it to heart and realized, hey, if if these other women wouldn't have told their stories, I wouldn't have been inspired to do the things that I want to do. And how can I help tell my story so that others say, oh, well, I can do that, um, and, and, and to help them see possibilities that they may not have known existed. I think that's really important. There are so, so many stories that remain silent because nobody asked. So back to I'm so happy you're sharing your story here today. I think that's, it is inspiring. And to those listening, today's conversation can change a life. The interaction with a young boy or girl in middle school can change a life. And I've seen that happen, and I'm sure you have as well. So what would your experienced self say to your teenage self today? (laughs) Well, I think um, today I'm much more bold um, and risk-taking. And so I would uh, tell my teenage self that, that you got this, right, to be confident in your skills and abilities, um, to know that, that that's what makes you special and to go for it. Um, take those risks. Be bold. Uh, don't be afraid to fail. Um, you know, sometimes that fear of failure can really hold you back when that failure isn't really a big deal. And, you know, it, it it holds you back from seeing those successes. So so just tell myself to relax, have fun, and be bold. I'm curious on the failure side, is there something that stands out that you've experienced that helped you be smarter? Back to that, I do think, you know, you know me, I'm all grounded in data. Data says <laughs> we have to be 100% of the job before we even apply, and that's because we tell ourselves we got to check every box. But it is that, true. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not true. And 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 I think that what I I guess realized over time was that my skills and abilities take me there. I just have to have the confidence and put it out there um so that everyone else can see it as well and to not be afraid to do that. Um and and that made such a difference because I already knew I could do it, but to believe and to drive that I could do it. Um and to put it out there really changed and, and was kind of a transformational kind of awareness for me. And it's important, and I think sharing the fact that you saw other women doing it too, that doesn't go understated in the world of mentors and sponsors. And I have often found in my engagement with women in the industry as their biggest cheerleader, biggest advocate, sometimes other people see more in ourselves than we do and as soon as we look in the mirror and reflect we can do we can remind ourselves you've got this yeah and take that risk and be bold as you have done in your career do you have advice for young women that are just starting out their career today so i think the number one thing is is uh to raise your hand and and to take on challenging assignments and to go ask for them. Um, If there's an area that you want to explore more, if you want to do something, you have to say something about it. You have to go talk to your boss. You have to express your interests. Don't be afraid to to ask for the challenge. Um, Challenges are some of the best ways. You know, the projects that everyone says, oh, I can't do that. 
you know, go for it. If you think you can do it, do it. Because you'll be surprised at how far you get and what you can accomplish, and those can take you far. So, you know, get those experiences. Do a lot of different things. Because if you just sit back and wait for life to happen, it's it's not going to take you to the places that you want to go. Yeah, life is about the moments of engagement, not waiting for life to happen. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Did any of you – so West Virginia to um, Cleveland – has most of your asking for those assignments been within your own facility? Back to that, sometimes you can drive your destiny, sometimes you got to go somewhere else to get it. In, in, in your career advancement, has all of that happened within sort of the same facility opportunity, or did you have to take big risks and go from one place to another? I think for me, I was able to get a lot of it um, in the same in the same facility I was in, I've I've spent most of my career in in larger facilities, so it, it offers a lot of different challenges and and places to go to experience things. Uh, but 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 I have moved between um, companies to try and get a different opportunity. And I think um, we don't always know what the future looks like. And and you know, if I look back, I would have never mapped out my life the way it it unfolded. Um, things sort of pop in your lap and you got to figure out if that's what you want to do or not. Um, but for me, it was that innate curiosity of um, I'm working on one product line and the person, you know, the engineer next to me is working on another one and, and I want to go figure that out too. You know, I'm curious. I want to get involved. Um, and how to it, it, let those things happen. Make sure that you go and try and and get involved in other projects where they need your assistance and, and take on those challenges. I'm curious if today you proactively manage your career as well. I do. But again, I know what I love now, right? So uh-huh. I know where my passion lies and my passion is in leading people. And um, so I, I do have kind of a path that I want to take, but life is amazing and it can take you in many ways. And, and so I'm open to where that will take me as well. Um, so if I've learned not to have such a strict line path that if I don't get this next job move in 18 months, that it's not going to work for me. Right. And, and so if I'm looking for that and I can't get it where I am, I, I need to kind of look to see what, what's available to go, to go after it. Um, don't be afraid to, explore, but, you know, um, keep driving to do the things you want to do in your life. Life is too short to sit back and wait. And and I think that being prepared when it's available, but what I also hear you saying is kind of create the opportunities that when it drops in your lap or when the opportunity arises and you can formally go for it, do, but then also create more opportunity from wherever you sit today. Is that a fair statement. Absolutely. Um, you know, cause I, I think for me, the, the transformative role for me was moving from technical into an operations role. And I wouldn't have been able to do it without experiencing all the different uh, jobs that I had done previously and the roles that I had done um, in order to get there. And so that kind of culminated for me an opportunity. And the plant was looking for someone to take on that responsibility. And I raised my hand. And I said, I want it. That's what I want, and that's the kind of job that I want to get. And and it may not have been a traditional career path, but it's the one I wanted to try. And I had a great sponsor. She said, absolutely, you've, you've done these jobs. Let's see what you can do here, and gave me the opportunity to do that. 
So it's interesting that you bring up the role of sponsors and kind of a non a non traditional or not seamless path from technical to operations. Did anybody have difficulty seeing that bridge for you, or what role did your sponsors play in helping reassure you as you took a, a leap of faith in your success? Well, you know, it's funny. I, I I had one sponsor who had been poking me for a little while to do operations. Leslie, you got this. You can do it. I'm like, no, no. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he kept at me for quite a while. Um, and finally I I – took the mirror he was holding up for me, right? And I said, oh, yeah, yeah, no, that's actually what I can do and what I want to do. And and I, and I had a couple other sponsors who said, let's go for it. You know, you're interested. You have the abilities. Let's give you a place where you can where you can try it and, and lead a team and and uh, try out a plant where, where we need the help to, to drive change. Yeah. So were you afraid? Yeah, absolutely. But – but really excited at the same time, right? I mean, it's that it's that feeling of of fear and excitement, and I think that that's the uncomfortable place we should be living more often, um, so that we can get out there and and make change happen. Yeah, that's it's a delicate balance between fear and excitement when you're taking yeah. risk and and the excitement to make change happen. Yeah, hopefully but, but it outweighs the fear. Yeah. Exactly, and, and and I think that's where confidence comes in, right? I, I knew I could do it, um, and so I just had to prove it. And so walking that process and doing that, it, knowing that that's my con- my confidence was there, it's a risk worth taking. Go for it. Yeah. So I'm curious, uh, the challenge as we're talking about the delicate balance between fear and excitement and making change happen. To our listeners that are here on the line today, what challenge or takeaway would you suggest to them? So I think it's you know it's very similar to my thoughts to my teenage self, right? Um, it's about being bold. Um, don't let life pass you by when you're sitting and waiting for an opportunity to happen. If you want it, go get it. Don't be afraid of risk um, because when it if you're afraid it's that fear that's holding you back and usually that fear is ungrounded that fear is usually the fear of failure the the fact that you're not confident um and if you want it go for it being bold um and go after the change that you want to make sound and solid advice that has proven you well in your career well Leslie I can't thank you enough for taking time to share your story a little bit about your journey and dream big because it clearly is doing right by you, right by your career and right by Arconic. Well, thank you so much for having me on today, Jennifer. This was a pleasure. Great. Thanks, Leslie. To our listeners, please tune in to Women and Manufacturing Radio and follow us on Twitter, hashtag Women and MFG. Thanks. Thank you for listening to Women and Manufacturing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.